0: I don't know if she'll feed you tea and oranges that come all the way from China, but my guest today on the program, well, her name is Suzanne. I'm Alex Green, and this, by the way, happy 2021, is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. She knocks me out every time I hear. That is the music of my guest today on the program, Suzanne Santo. Let me tell you a little bit about Suzanne Santo. Well, in baseball terms, Suzanne Santo can pitch, play shortstop, bat cleanup, handle the outfield, and play any base you want. Oh, and she can manage the team. When you talk about Suzanne Santo, you're talking about someone who can do a lot of things. I'll get to all that in a second, but for the purpose of this show, let's focus on the music first. Suzanne got going on the violin in second grade, and it didn't take long for the Ohio-born prodigy to come into her own as a musician. A high school scholarship followed for the young violinist, and before she was 20, Santo had become pretty adept on both banjo and guitar. She fronted the L.A. band Honey Honey with Ben Jaffe, who you might remember from our podcast in the past, and that band put out three... Perfect albums, a stirring confluence of indie rock, riveting roots music, and West Coast soul. Honey Honey toured with Sheryl Crow and Jake Bug, logged millions of Spotify streams, and found themselves hailed by everyone from Rolling Stone to NPR. Santos' debut album, Ruby Red, was a stunning platter of poetic folk and gutsy blues, effortlessly showcasing the singer-songwriters' arresting lyrical acumen. Bringing to mind the stark immediacy of Patty Griffin and the literate wordplay of everyone from Kurt Cobain to Liz Fair, Ruby Red was as nervy as it was vulnerable. Her new work, like the song you just heard with Gary Clark Jr. on guitar, is as searing as it is rousing. Her voice has never sounded better, and 2021 looks to be a banner year for the musician. Now, I told you Suzanne Santo can do a lot of things. She really can. She acts, she models, she writes, she plays music— And, as you're about to find out, she can rip out a floor or knock down a wall. She's fearless, she's honest, and she's totally cool. Who needs tea and oranges? All you need is Suzanne. So enjoy this conversation with me and Suzanne Santo, right here on Stereo Embers. The Podcast. (laughs)
1: just because yeah. I like you know I'm still like doing some little projects here and there and you know I don't want to be like that guy and uh the last few times I've gone in it took five minutes like I even booked it an hour in advance and I drove in and I was done and then I showed up today and it was like cars flying down the block really <laughs> yeah and I think it has to do with you know the president's announcement and all that bullshit so i don't <laughs> i don't know i'm like it's oh god how are you are you feeling all this stuff or what well
0: i'm in i'm in berkeley so i'm feeling smoke from fires like oh, just endless so sorry oh, i'm terrible. so sorry i know where are you i'm in
1: la you're in I'm la, in LA. So, yeah. yeah i
0: mean so you might be getting some of our smoke down there
1: it's smoky today yeah i tried to the last couple of days I've been inside just like, sorry, I'm going to set up my tripod working. And then, uh, I was like, Oh, I'm going to get up early and go for a walk before my 10 AM COVID test that I thought was going to take five minutes wrong. And, uh, I was like, Oh no, I can, I could smell the smoke this morning. I was just like, where's, where's the fire? Where are they today? Do you know?
0: So yeah, the, the two most recent ones are in kind of like Napa. Um, you know, like uh, I know, there
1: goes the vino.
0: There goes ah, the vino. Why? I know <laughs> <laughs> I know. There'll be nothing left to drink. Oh, um, God. Yeah. Not if I
1: can help it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, now, how many COVID tests have you actually had? Do you, can you count?
1: I've had a lot. I've had like
0: 10. Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I shot a short film two weeks ago, and uh, we had a full crew, like, up to code, uh, everybody got tested and like leading up to that, I had some rehearsals with the actor I worked with and uh, he was moving on to shoot a Netflix film in New Mexico after this. And he had he had to actually like live in a bubble for a couple weeks. And the whole cast and crew are doing the bubble for the six week shoot. And like the whole time leading up, I was like, God, I just want to be so careful. Like the last thing I'd want to do is mess up his next job. Right. You know, and right. you know, but it, You know, I did um uh in August I did a shoot for some live content. So I'm just gonna grab some water. Um and um we were all required to get tested that day and stuff like that where but it's so easy. Like you just drive up to Dodger Stadium and I'm telling you, like the last few tests were five minutes. Like I drove up, uh swabbed I listened to a podcast for you know, whatever, swab my mouth and you're done. So, you know, it just makes me feel better. And I'm, and I'm super careful to begin with, like, I really don't want to get it. I really don't want to give it to anybody if I get it. So, you know.
0: Well, what's your level of neurosis? Like, are you, (laughs) this is a question from a, from a neurotic Jewish guy.
1: Um, (laughs) uh, I know
0: you're you're used to us, Um, (laughs) but are you, right? Um, what what is your, what is your level of like daily anxiety around this? Like how Mm. how freaked out are you?
1: Mm. I don't really go there. I definitely, um, you know, I have a few friends that I see and I think for my mental health, it's really important to have those, you know, just that communication. Um, I go to the grocery store. I work out from home and I go for long walks in my neighborhood. I like to do like five miles in Silver Lake uh, when it's not, you know, AQI over a hundred. But, but yeah, I think that like, I, 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 I really don't freak out about it too much. Um, I, it's more just like feeling responsible and making the other people around me feel better when I get tested regularly and just, you know, I don't see that many people. I see Ben Jaffe from Honey Honey, cause we have a podcast together. Right. Um, I see my production partner um, from the film, uh, cause we have a number of other projects going on and his wife and really like, and then my friend KP and like maybe one other friend who I see once a month. Like it's pretty, it's pretty tight for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, in the beginning i definitely was kind of freaking out but i saw the i saw the um egregious damage that was doing and then i just had to reconcile with it and just know that like taking care of my mental health above anything else is the most important thing so you know um at this point and you know what I actually met someone who had covid um back in july oh my god i went to a birthday party and there were i mean there were like six people there Right. Um, but there were people I didn't know. And at the time, well, well let me be honest. We took a bunch of mushrooms. So, <laughs> so I like as my inhibitions were like falling away, I was like so happy to be around these wonderful people. Like it was just incredible. But uh there oddly, there was like a young girl, she was like 21, who had the antibodies already. She'd had COVID months earlier, and I and I was like, Can I ask you? so many questions and she was like yep fire away and you know she she was young she worked at hooters in hollywood half the staff got it um and she lived with her parents and her parents did not get it um but she said she gave it to her best friend but i watched her with her friends and they're all like sharing like e-cigarettes everybody's like hanging on each other i was like okay so that makes sense to me like i can that translates you know i don't think i'm gonna get it passing somebody at the grocery store i don't think that's how it works obviously if, if you're wearing a mask so you know with that said um you know she also was like she was like yeah i was sick for three days i coughed up blood and now i'm fine and i was like great I'll bet you coughed up blood because you smoke e-cigarettes like a chimney, but neither here nor there. You know, it gave me a little bit of peace of mind because I think it is actually harder to catch than we think. Mm. You know, if you're if you're doing the protocol, washing your hands, wearing a mask, all that shit. Anyway, that's my two cents.
0: I like the idea of I coughed up blood and I went right back to work at Hooters and everything was fine. Mm
1: hooters closed down and i think it's better for everybody so (laughs) yeah yeah, like we dodged a bullet there
0: (laughs) i mean you seem like somebody who you seem like someone who doesn't really stand still um have you have you stayed pretty active through all this or do you feel more creatively alive than you than you've than you've been before
1: i do yeah um you know i have my beginning freak out where um, I was actually quarantined with my parents. I, I was on tour that, and it got canceled. And I ended up, it was so weird because I was, my last show was in New York on March 10th. And I was also in New York for 9-11 when I was 16. And I had this, like, it was so ominous. You could just feel the storm coming and like, you know, there's all these rumors they were going to shut down the bridges and tunnels. I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And I, I actually had my dad's van for this tour. Cause I was just opening by myself. So I, my dad let me borrow his minivan and I was just driving myself around. And I was like, I'm going to go to South Carolina where my parents now live. Um, and you know, get there as soon as I can. Um, and I ended up, staying there and I you know I was I had flights back to LA that got canceled um I have a aunt who's in public health who like begged me not to get on a plane at the time and so like just the you know the the threat of the unknown was like just you know all over the place so you know in the beginning of COVID I was with my parents for like five weeks which is a long fucking time to be with anyone let alone your parents yes who I love but it you know it had its own struggles on top of The pandemic and you know while I was there they live in a gated community even though my parents are in their early 60s like they're super young but they just like love this place god bless them uh but I would have you know I was confronting so many things at the beginning of COVID of like am I gonna die alone Is my career over you know what am I gonna do for money like all that stuff and I would I would take these walks in their neighborhood and just cry but it's like such a friendly community so everybody waves at each other so I'd be like crying and then hi how are you and then just go back under my hat and like crying and you know I really hit the you know the processing out the gate and you know eventually I had to do like a self rescue mission and I rented an SUV and drove to LA in three days, uh, and at the end of April. So, um, you know, with that said, you know, per your question, you know, I, I, really, um, rolled up my sleeves with this, with stuff I needed to look at, you know, that's really easy to throw away when you're on the road. You can just like ditch your problems. Right. Um, and i I just, I don't know. I found my footing and I And with that came a ton of creativity,
0: um, more songs. Were you aware of, you know, all your comrades in music playing, you know, Facebook shows? And was it tempting for you to just jump in and, and do that yourself?
1: I, I definitely felt the, just the like, um, flash flood of like digital shows coming out in the beginning of COVID. And I, I did not pitch my wagon to it i didn't want to like feel desperate to play every week you know on some kind of live stream one it was so much pressure because everybody was doing it yeah um two it's it's a lot of work because you you know when you're on tour you sort of play the same show and give or take some songs here and there but like when you do these live streams they're like recorded and they're out there and then you got to try and be more interesting the next time and like in finishing a record and working on other stuff i just didn't see the the honesty in that for me because i felt desperate doing it and that's why i didn't want to do it so the few shows i've done now i've really enjoyed and i like we did them for a reason and i've got a couple shows at the end of the month i'm so excited about but i just i didn't feel like that was where my energy was best served um, cause I was getting overwhelmed with everybody else's live streams, just one after the, one of you right. know what I mean? Like, and I think, you know, if anything, this COVID and, you know, just this whole upside down world that we've all, you know, we're all existing in, um, like the frantic, you know, trying to find a life raft, a life raft thing. It's like, we all have to go through shit right now, you know? And so, and I'm not like trying to like, you know, um, dis anybody's live stream. Like if that's what you love to do, like do it, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to, um, bring you down, but I think that in terms of trying to evolve through this, like, I just didn't want to swim upstream in a way that wasn't, um, I, I mean, it sounds so lame, but like true to myself. Mm-hmm. So I really dug into new material and, and like, you know, spirituality too. Like I'm super woo woo and I meditate and like, I've just never felt better as a single person in my entire life than I feel now. And I am completely unattached to anyone. And it's just like really empowering. So with that has come all this other creativity. Um, And I'm really pumped about it <laughs> yeah so like you know it's kind of like i did all this like self work and creativity just like is this like payoff that comes with it you know
0: yeah and and i know what you're saying too about the concerts because like i teach college for a living up here in the bay Area. okay awesome and yeah it's cool but but doing it via zoom like you and i chatting on zoom this is great but 20 yeah. students i mm-hmm. mean you can't even say how are you guys doing because they just sort of stare at you like it's different the, the yeah. level of being looked at is a different feeling than when I'm in the classroom. Right. I wonder for you playing, playing those live streams, do you feel a, a certain kind of scrutiny that you don't feel when you're on stage? Like, is it totally different because of the medium? Um, well,
1: I'm like used to just putting on a show. So like I can, tell jokes and play songs and be talking to myself and be totally fine with it. Okay. You know, I've actually really enjoyed, I, I started offering zoom sessions on my website and I really love that because it, I can actually see the audience. Um, uh, live streams are completely different. Live streams, you're just singing to a wall um, or like weird comments and you try to ignore those too. That was another thing in the beginning. When I would do those live streams, you can see the like, like the comp- comments coming up and I would, I would just sometimes I'd be singing and I'd be like what the fuck you know like what did that guy just say and it would just take me out of the moment so you know that that was a really interesting you know first you know first quarter of this to go through that stuff but I mean I'll be honest man like I'm gonna find the best time in anything if I can if I can help it you know so they weren't all bad they were fun but you know nothing nothing replaces a live show.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So in terms of like, you know, in the first few months I interviewed people, like in March and April, a lot of people were like, well, I'm getting a lot of work done, I'm doing great. But now that Mm -hmm. we're six, seven, eight months into it, and like, Mm -hmm. people's finances have now been affected. Mm -hmm. Um, and And you alluded to that yourself. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there anxiety about making a living because obviously that's massively threatened right now. Where, where mm-hmm. is your level of anxiety about that?
1: You know, I put that down too. I, I wow. I'm doing well. I mean, I'm, I'm not making a ton of money, but like it, it comes in when it comes in. I live super modestly. Um, I'm fortunate enough to live in a really cool place. That's really affordable. Um, and just knowing that I'm not alone in that sentiment, like there's millions of people that are out of work, um, that aren't, you know, that are in the same position in their way uh, that I am. So I, I found some solace in that, but I mean, I also think you get back what you put out there and I'm, I'm putting a lot of stuff out there just energetically and like with the Gary Clark song and yeah. I have a whole record, um, And it's coming back, you know, like I, I got record streaming numbers on fall for that, which is like, so, so rewarding. And I own that track. So, you know, that does come back to me and that that's really, really gratifying. And, you know, I, I, here's what I know for myself. And I'm very fortunate to be able to say this because not everybody's able to say this, but I have enough friends and family that love me. I know I'm not going to be homeless and most likely I'm not going to go hungry and I sure as shit, I'm not going to be unloved. So I can, I can subscribe to those things and be totally fine. You know, I think that, um, you know, I've dealt with anxiety a lot in my life and it's just like, here we are at a precipice of extraordinary change. And I just like, I've been so scared before and I just don't want to do that again. Yeah. I just don't fuck that. <laughs> yeah. it's not productive. So yeah. And like, the thing is, as you know, like the world outside is so crazy. And like, we all know November is going to be nuts. Like either way this election goes, like shit is going to blow up. And I want to go in and I, like, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Like I want to shine a light as best as I can because if I bring my bullshit or my anxiety, like that doesn't do anybody any good. And like, you know, honestly, Alex, that's what the song is about. This The song is, that's why it's so weird that it's out now. It was supposed to come out months ago. And I just feel really grateful that it's found its place now. But, you know, essentially the song is about um, creating your own integrity and and harnessing and, you know, being in control of your own emotions and the way that we are informed these days is so toxic. And it, that does terrify me, to be honest with you, you know, the way that we turn on each other, these flagrant emotions that like affect you in seconds, Mm -hmm. just from scrolling on a stupid social media app. And I think it's so important for everybody to just know what that is. And half of us don't, you know, you really dive in and we're all addicted to our phones um, myself included and you know at the end of the day when we're just sort of full of all of this stuff that's not grounding us that's not helping us grow um, but that's burying us and separating us Mm -hmm. um, i feel really strongly about fighting that and just being in complete control of myself as best as i can and you know there's no there's no reason that we shouldn't disagree on politics and still be able to have a good meal at a table with our loved ones right. and personally i'm dealing with that and it sucks you know this isolation of differences and you know it it really i just listened to this new york times podcast called rabbit hole
2: oh yeah i know have that
1: one. Yeah. Oh my god. I highly have you listened to it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Like it I mean, if it's like stuff we already know, but it helps describe in detail. Like people are radicalized by algorithms on YouTube. And they speak to a repressed people. And it is so damaging. And it's, you know, what was so interesting is like, you know, the they they the people that created these algorithms are trying to fight it. You know, it's right. like you can feel this like. I don't like to use this word because it sounds religious and I'm not religious, but like, it's a real force of evil and yeah. it's very powerful. So, you know, I, when I, when I sit with myself alone and I want to do something, I'm like, what's the best thing I can do? Like, what's the best I can do? And like, how can I help? And that's taking incredible care of myself, of my body, of my spirit, of my mind. And, and also, I try to talk to people a lot on um, you know the double-edged sword of social media. Um, during the George Floyd riots and, and, and marches and protests, um, I was doing like hundreds of direct messaging and video messaging on Instagram and having these incredible conversations with people. It was very humbling. It was very painful. Um, I kept falling on my face, but then I kept learning and having these incredible connections with people sharing their stories of of their own trauma with police. And then, you know, their their versions of what the protests look like. And to me, I think the thing that's going to bring us out of this is community, uh, which is something that's been so lost on us. And, you know, it's weird to like, bring it back to the song, but like, your sense of community is enhanced when you have your sense of self intact. Mm. And, and when you feel comfortable going out and knowing your neighbors and the people that work at your local coffee shops and restaurants, it's like, to me, that's the greatest feeling walking into a coffee shop and someone's like, Hey, Sus, you want to know oat milk latte? And I'm like, yes, I do. And it just makes my day. You know, It's those little things that connect us to each other. And, you know, I don't know. I, 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 that's that's where I'm, I'm putting my, my chips, right well,
0: now. It's kind of romantic to think of yourself as a lone wolf, but the lone wolf dies first. You know, it's not really <laughs> to be alone all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. this this community is so important, and I just watched the social dilemma. I don't know if you've seen it yet.
1: I'm, it's on my queue. I'm. I yeah. think I'm to watch it tonight, actually. Watch yeah. it,
0: yeah, because I mean, yeah. it, sort of, it sort of indicates that like the loneliness that social media can make you feel or the crippling self-doubt is as unreal as the exultant moments, you know? Right. And so mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all unreal. I'm going to show you something. This is what I use because I'm so-, so...
1: attaboy. boy. I yeah, love I'm... your work.
0: Yeah. I'm too. I'm too. I'm just. It's not because I'm afraid. I just know that I will abuse it. I'll be texting yeah. people or looking something like, "Who's mm-hmm. the singer of Mister Mister?" While I'm driving, you know, I'll do. Like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, I've been you there.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. So I, that's my flip phone. But um, yeah, but the thing is, that's we,
1: inspiring. That's so well, inspiring.
0: You're sweet to say that. But we do need community, though, and that really mm-hmm. is important. So yeah. we have to figure out how do you get it in a really healthy drip. How do you get Mm -hmm. in a healthy way? Um, And it sounds like you've figured it out. It also sounds like you've done the internal work. Like it sounds like you've really reckoned with yourself and your internal life and your internal voices.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna stop. I mean, I think it's like, it's not like I did the work and it's over. I'm actually just like doing it every day. And I think that's one of the the silver linings of of COVID is like, I have the opportunity to have a routine, which when you're on the road i mean you're at the mercy of just the pace of the craziness and it's something i love yeah. but now i mean i've been going to bed at 10 i wake up at 6:30 like and it's so and i love like i love when the sun's coming up and i mean i i'm such a i'm a very excitable person like i love the little things and so you know with that routine of of self care you know it, that I guess has been, you know, a luxury in all of this is to have the time and the space to do that. But yeah, it, it's uh, like every day. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I know. I'm like you. I'm, I'm excitable and high energy too. Mm-hmm. I've learned. Isn't I've
1: it learned, a fun way to live? It's I so love fun. It.
0: Yeah, me too. It. I mean, a lot gets done. Um, right. But, but the thing is, is that I, I also have learned to become pretty good at being still and that that's new mm. for me.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful that's really great yeah that's amazing no but you know what like there's first of all like I don't even know what age is anymore you know like there's we're all like if you're of the mindset that I want to have a really fulfilling life then you're gonna do all the things that that make that possible like learn grow learn to be still read feed your brain like we have these fucking beautiful brains and you know i hate to say this but like some people i really love they don't read anymore they just play their tablet thing and it's like i can watch it just i'm watching it destroy them and i it's you're right to have a flip phone you know because when you look at How much? So that you know, the iPhone tells you how much screen time you have. I know, and it's devastating. And that's not to say like it would log our call as like screen time, which is fine. But like when I know I didn't have any FaceTime or Zooms, and I was just mindlessly, I've I've gotten really good at putting it down and deleting the apps and picking up books. I I started off. One of the things I started doing. Um, is when I wake up in the morning, I turn my phone off and I set a timer for an hour and I just read for an hour. Great. I read. I read the week uh, publication because I think it's a, it's one of it's my favorite news outlet because it gives you the whole gamut um, and it helps me just like develop my own political opinions and it's not shoved down my throat from other social media. And then I read um, just a book, you know, whatever book I'm reading. And I'll tell you what, man, if there was ever like a prescription to get out of depression, I would say it would be like read at least an hour a day mm-hmm. because it's so empowering to be learning and just to be like, I'm really intelligent, what a gift. And I put in the work for that, you know, like that's that's pretty cool. I would I, I say that to anyone who's like, I'm sad. I'm like, all right, here's what you should do.
0: Right, no, <laughs> I, know? I totally agree. And like the idea of, um, I saw these two kids the other day waiting for their mom in the park and they were reading and I thought wow children in the park right what a what, what a, a rare sight! rare <laughs> sight like, that's, like I know a unicorn you know yeah um, that's
1: good parenting though too that's
0: parenting I know I totally agree mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that the you know like for example I one of my students told me that he looked at his thing and it was like oh I'm on my phone seven hours a day and I said look that's 49 hours a week you could have it's read insane. Charles dickens bleak house in." yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes know. exactly oh my god
0: you know yeah, um, yeah. and so and that's a, that's a daunting amount of time mm-hmm. so anytime people say to me like oh I, I don't have enough time for x y or z I'm like check your yeah. phone your phone will tell you that I think that's probably not true
1: right right no and and like you know, it, it deprives you of your own personal goals. Like, that's another thing during COVID. I was like, what are things I love? I love to make stuff. I made a shelf and I love it so much. Here, I can show it to you, it's yeah, right honestly, in front of me. But
0: you made um, it from, like from scratch or did you? Yeah, I oh, made it from, great.
1: from walnut wood. So like the wood is so beautiful. And I, you know, I did it in, in my way where like you could see all, like, it's just beautiful. Oh yeah, that wood. does look really and good. Thanks. I mean, it, it, it is what it is, but it like, I didn't do it, uh, the right way. You know, I, I put it, I had help from my two friends. My one friend is actually a super high-end furniture maker. This was like his scrap wood. It's so Walnut's like not cheap. And he was like, yeah, just take it. So I have this like beautiful material, but I, I put it all together with another friend of mine and then sanded it, but you're really supposed to sand it first. But either way, like it was such a labor of love. And every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, I made that and I really love it. And, you know, it took me a long time because I'm not a furniture maker, but you know, I I put it, I was working on it for hours and hours and hours a day, sanding and getting it to staining it and all that stuff. And, you know, if you think about the hours and hours that you spend doing digital stuff that doesn't serve you it's not work you know there's a nice trade-off when you put that shit down and you actually go do things that are you know rewarding
0: and yeah I heard that Mike Myers wrote the first Austin Powers movie in two weeks wow right. and so you think mm-hmm. like well but that's a good use of two weeks right right you know and
1: that I, was in the 90s so it's not like we had this shit we have now
0: I know I know Mm -hmm. and so it's sort of like you know I'm working on a new novel and it's sort of like well how long should that take? you are yeah I am I am
1: Congrats! that's amazing
0: yeah and so I'm I'm trying to get it done and I think like well I can get it done before the first of the year it's a it's just Mm -hmm. a funny little book I'm trying to write it's a it's a comedic uh novel I can do it pretty fast I think I'm trying to challenge myself to do what you're doing in other words like when you when you do the sanding when you do the work yourself and not just twist a little Ikea tool it feels more satisfying I think Mm-hmm. You know,
1: Yeah. And the thing is we can do so much more for ourselves than we realize, like, like fixing your taillight on your car, like just watch a YouTube video and go to AutoZone. Like that shit is going to save you a couple hundred bucks, like stuff like that. That's so simple. Um, is I, I really kind of get off on that stuff because, you know, I, I think a lot of times we're made to feel a lot more helpless than we really are. You know, another thing I really love to integrate in my life is, um, I have a great sense of direction and I feel like I've over the years just really Google mapped it so much that I stopped paying attention like I used to and stuff like that's really interesting to me because you know it just keeps me more tethered to my phone I don't need to do that you know our we have the skill sets naturally if we just you know are convinced otherwise for a lot of things I mean obviously like you break your arm you need to go to the doctor right. <laughs> but, but like there's so many things that we can do for ourselves
2: baby I know I was jealous and mean I got lost in the anger that roars over me like a tidal wave of rotten feel it be gotten from broken things inside of me and the words I shall out at you the night before still scattered like shrapnel all over the floor and I'm sweeping and I'm dusting and desperately busting my back to get you back through my door.
1: Before COVID in January, um, I was going through a breakup and I was really sad and before it was actually in December when I started, this wall behind me, um, I bought bought this painting in Joshua Tree in December and I was like, well, I got to redo the wall. Maybe I'll, I don't know what I'm going to do. But like one day I started taking old photos down. And some of the paint came off and like in this kind of weird maniacal way, I started chipping it off with a a knife. And then I had this huge hole in the wall, not in the wall, but of like chipping the old paint off. And I FaceTimed my dad and I was like, and he was like, what did you do? He's like, you have like 40 hours of work in front of you. He's like, you don't even like, and I was like, well, I'll figure it out. And I went to the hardware store and there's a local one here in Silver Lake. And the guy said the same thing. He's like, you're crazy. And I was like, well, sir, just you wait. (laughs) And and they were right. It took hours. And at one point, like I tweaked my neck and I had to take a break because I I couldn't like turn, (laughs) but eventually I, I chipped the paint off. I had to use a solvent to get old ancient wallpaper off. I had to sand it. I had to prime it. And then I got this wallpaper and at the time, it seemed crazy because I was actually set to move, you know, around <laughs> like eight months uh, back in August. That's not going to happen. And now I have this wall and ironically have been tethered to my living room. And so all of my Zooms and concerts are in front of this wall that I'm really proud of. And it re- it's really interesting. But like I did it myself, you know, in, well, a, in a, a little bit of a psychotic way. But But still, (laughs)
0: when we first got on, I couldn't stop looking at that wall. I mean, it really. Oh, cool! Yeah,
1: thanks, Alex. Thank you. No, you did a great job.
0: It's. it's, (laughs) I mean, I I wish people could see it because it looks so cool. Um, Well, that's
1: the thing. It's like another thing during all this. It's like. I really value my space and I always have, especially when I'd be away from it for so long. So I like having pieces of artwork that my friends made or that I made or that I found that I will never forget when I got it and where I got it. And, you know, you just kind of create your own nest. So, you know, I know like Home Depot went like through the roof because people were doing home improvements and I think that's cool. I think that's cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the home improvement and personal improvement time, you're working on yourself, you're working on the stuff around you.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of it's always a reflection of what's going inside because at the time I was really just making a clean slate and I didn't realize it. And here it is, you know, like you know, I was chipping off the old paint to make way for something new. You know, the metaphor wasn't lost on me, yeah, um, But yeah. but it was like, yeah, it was pretty rewarding.
0: well that's the coolest clean slate i've seen in a long time thanks man you know and also you're right like like the metaphor of chipping away the paint the old relationship doing the work actually like Mm -hmm. you know get yourself from it i mean what's also happening for you in terms of work of your instrument your voice your Mm -hmm. your musical talents are you practicing every day should you be practicing every day what does that look like
1: um yeah i go in waves with it um You know, we had another heat wave here, and I don't have central AC. So I I was sort of just going easy on myself because it was 102 yesterday. And it's just like, it kind of makes me a little sick. Like, I get headaches. And so I I sort of, like, I practiced uh, with Ben Jaffe yesterday because we have a show at the end of October. uh, And I also have my own show. So I go in these waves of, uh, like, really practicing every day. I sort of gave myself like a little staycation after I shot the short film because um, I worked so hard leading up to that. Um, I probably should tell you that it's not anything that's gonna be a public release, so it might not be worth talking about. <laughs> it's just a pitch in conjunction with this TV show pitch. But um, yeah, I, I vacillate between being really diligent, and then just kind of going easy on myself, and I, I've just gotten good at gauging that. But I've definitely like gotten a lot better at violin. I appreciate that. Like I've had the time to just slow down. I take some online classes and learn some jazz fiddle, and it's fun. You know, I, I do. I do enjoy practicing at home. <laughs>
0: yeah, have you have you always been somebody who was good about practicing? Were you no.
1: Interesting. Absolutely not. I would do it like I would cram for a test. Really? And yeah. And and it's funny because I could always sort of execute, but now that I really practice and put in the time and I can see what I'm capable of with, you know, because of that effort, it's like, oh man, I should have been practicing the whole time. <laughs> Why didn't I do that? Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, it's also probably why I feel like a hack most of the time because I would just like make it work day of, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, do you, I love hearing the fact that you are a professional musician and you're still taking lessons, trying to perfect a craft. Oh yeah, you, right.
1: Yeah, I really want to do Tom Morello's masterclass. I haven't signed on to masterclass yet, but I I think that's I'm gonna gift myself that soon. But yeah, I mean. There's oh God, I mean, I love to play. I wouldn't say just instruments wise. I'm not satisfied with my playing. Like I want to get to a level that's like beyond my wildest dreams, but that takes effort. And you know, good news is I've got the time for it. so yeah. you know, applying myself is totally on me.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw you with Hosier and. He did something that I have never seen anyone do in all my years of seeing gigs.
1: I know what you're going to say.
0: You know what I'm going to say. This, and, it, and it leads into my next question. This, this was in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, lo- I love him. And, and he did yeah. this thing where he literally thanked people. Yeah. Right? But he didn't just thank, hey, thanks to the light guy. He knew their names.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Right.
0: And I stood out there and I thought, this guy is a class act. Because... Yeah. He didn't have to do it, and yeah. he didn't have to learn their names. He could have just said, hey, thanks to the light guy. But he bothered right. to learn their names. And I've been thinking, I, so anyway, he's remarkable. But I was yeah. thinking about he, that what he did during this COVID time. Those people are all not working. And it just it, I get really worried about the future of this industry. Mm-hmm. I know it's a lot of yeah. brain power towards the negative place. Mm-hmm. What's your take on on all that?
1: I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I've I've, already kind of processed the anxiety I had about like the mass stampede uh, once everyone gets a green light and it's safe to tour again. Yeah. Um, you know, the devastating part is that a lot of my favorite mom and pop places, you know, might not make it through this. Uh, but I'd also like to think that Communities value those places and will uh, hold each other up. Maybe, maybe even the government will step in and do some some work here. But um, I think it's going to be different for a little while. And you know, I'm honestly okay with that in my own camp because you know I've never gotten out of uh, the van level, and I've toured in a van for over a decade, and you know, exhausted myself, pounded the pavement, and And I I love it, it has its upsides, but I would love to have a different approach at the end of all this. Like I'd like to find a more sustainable way for me to tour. Um, And maybe that'll come from, you know, digital success from these releases that I'm gonna be doing, that will be amazing. Um, But I don't want that just for myself, I want that for my band and my crew as well. Because like, it's hard to ask people to get in a van with you for months at a time and be like, you know, you know, everyone having like a good, you know, head on their shoulders. Cause it gets hard. Um, and touring in a bus is such a luxury. It has its own set of challenges, but, um, you know, what this is going to look like, I think, I think we're going to have a lot more, and this is kind of cool in the community sense, at least someone on my level, but who knows, maybe it works for everybody, but I think we're going to have a lot more sort of signature style shows where maybe, a bunch of different bands, you know, work together. We're playing in different places like, you know, backyards or barbecue restaurants or just more like, you know, a little less traditional and a little more innovative. Um, And and I, I kind of like that thought because it's, I think the gratitude and the just reward of live music together whether you're the musician or the crowd is just going to be so special. Not that it wasn't before, but like, I just, I just see a different, it's not going to be the same. right? I don't think that's possible. So I'd like to look at it in a positive light of just music being a more community style element, you know, like one of my favorite things that we used to do, I haven't done this in a while, but you know, like, lots of different cities and towns have concert series and so they bring in your band and I I remember where were we, we were in, I think we were in Denver, Colorado and there was some somewhere in Colorado where they had this outdoor amphitheater and there were all walks of life ages different colors and it was a community event and I knew that these people had this was honey honey days they had no idea who we were at least half of them didn't but they were showing up for the community like, oh, it's the Thursday concert series where we get hot dogs and there's there's music. But I just it was so powerful because. Everybody was we were all dancing and singing together and like I would much rather play something like that than my own show that like, people paid tickets to come see me wow. because like it it's a different level of community you know? And like, I shouldn't say that. I don't, I like, I'm so grateful for my fans. Oh my God. Like I can't even put it to words, but it's just such a different um, cohesion that's happening when you get a bunch of strangers together and everybody's having a good time. And I think now more than ever, that stuff is really, really important.
0: Yeah. And when you think about the get in the van philosophy, like the Henry Rollins (laughs) idea of like, when he, in his book, he talks about like with black flags, like we have gotten the van and we just, we did the work. Uh, Right. And that, that totally accommodates and goes along with youthful exuberance and sure. energy. But mm-hmm. he doesn't ever talk about the dismount. He never talks about like, do you get in the van till you're 67? Or what is it what do you right. do? Right. So the idea that you that you have to sort of create a new lane for yourself as you get older as a musician mm-hmm. where it's like, I don't want to sleep on a floor. I don't want to sleep in a crappy right. place. Right. Um so you have to innovate anyway, right? To a right, right. general getting older, who wants to, you know, always be right. a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you thought about, you know, what does this business look like for you as mm-hmm. you sort of stay in it? Um, you know, there are things you wouldn't accept that you would have accepted maybe 15 years ago in terms of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm still figuring that out. Mm. Um, but right now, I think, I'm firing a lot of different engines and, and I'm really, uh, I believe in all of them and they're all related. And I think that, um, I don't think, I believe that this will give me the means to facilitate a a more comfortable way of touring. Um, but again, like, it's not about me. I mean, it is, but like, it's also about my team. Like, it's hard to ask people, to do that with you. I know. When like everybody wants to be more comfortable. And you know, I touring with Hosier was such a luxury because I mean, they're, they're top level. It, it was just like, I was in such great shape because one of the girls in the band is one of my dear friends, Rachel Beauregard is a yoga instructor. And like we had these whole days, like you wake up on the bus you have hours in front of you. So I was taking yoga all the time and she would, she would lead these group workouts with like the band and some crew members and everybody would exercise together and, and you're eating well and you're, I didn't sleep so well on the bus, but you know, most people are sleeping well and you know, it's just a different game. I mean, you, you'd have a different level of exhaustion, but, um, I want that for, for my team and myself you know, and, you know, also it's like, you're, everybody's making more money. You know, when you're right at a certain club tour, it's like, I also like have to be like, Hey, can you do this for X amount of dollars? I'm And then I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, (laughs) like, that's such a weird way to be. But I'm, I honestly, like, I think like, it's, I think I'm leveling up and I'm ready for it. I'm grateful. And, you know, I, I don't take it for granted. And, you know, to me, it's like, I just, I love to share. So it's, it's something I'm looking forward to.
0: And also that's, that's artistic progression, right? So if you, if you got really, really famous at 14, in many ways you are arrested, right? Emotionally, because you're, st- you're always, there's that theory that your emotional development stops at the place, mm-hmm. where you got, right? Where you got, yeah. status, which is why you see a lot of um, performers who were really famous, really young, still behaving mm-hmm. almost in childlike ways, even though they're like 45 yeah. years old. Um, so I love that you say that you're leveling up and you're figuring out what is this going to look like because it's it's not going to look the same.
1: No, mm-mm. right. But I'm such a firm believer in like creating your own reality and um, your visions, and you know I've done it, and it keeps it keeps you know, the more energy I put into it and all the other, you know, healthy, positive things like it, it's all kind of taken off. And, and I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that whole like microwave overnight thing when you're young, like Ben and I talk about like, if our first single little toy gun had taken off, like we wouldn't have had um, just the incredible Intel that we have, you know, like, my last couple tours for my solo stuff before hosier like when i'd settle my own deals like i you know this guy screwed me over it nope nope that's you got to write me a new check sorry buddy you're you're about 500 bucks short like stuff like that and i was really proud to know my business that well that like every nuance in and out of what it takes to get to the venue and work with the promoters and my agents and managers and like you know it takes a village and yeah. i think sometimes, and you know again like i think getting really successful really young is a an incredible gift but you know the burden of your awareness of the people around you sometimes has a tendency to fall short and you know i think that uh yeah again we all have different sets of challenges but i i wouldn't trade our struggles my struggles for anything like personally or or professionally
0: are you are you hard on yourself in terms of creatively, wh- whether you're writing or you're performing? Do you, what does that critical voice sound like? Is it pretty loud?
1: Sometimes, um, but that's also been like falling off during all of this. I've just oh. been really graceful with Suzanne <laughs> and, like, and really getting good at it. Uh, and then better songs come from that. Like I, when I felt that pressure, to fit into this rhythm um you know something i feel really strongly about is there's like a there's a new hollywood being created if i if you want to use that word you know and to me that speaks to music and movies and tv and you know comedy um and i think that i'm seeing it now like um You know, it's funny, I shared this on Instagram a a while ago, and when I was 26, there was this very prominent music industry uh, mogul who took me to dinner and said, I was 26, and he said, look, this honey, honey thing's not working out for you, and you need to start a solo career because you're running out of time, meaning like I was going to be too old to be successful and it destroyed me for a really long time. My confidence, I I fixated on my looks because I needed to be young and it it was a really tough hole to crawl out of. And now I look at it and I'm so great, like anything that like brought me down like that, I'm always so grateful for it because it's just, I'm making the best music I've ever made now, why would I stop? Uh, And you know, in that respect, you know, Fuck that mentality. It, it, it ruins art. And that's not why I make music. And, you know, I understand if that's why some people do. If that's your trajectory, you want a specific kind of music or TV, whatever. Like, I don't want to stomp on your dreams. But I, I do think that um, the rules have changed. Yeah. And, you know, I, if, if there's ever anything I've felt strongly about for myself, um, it's pioneering my own integrity and my own art. Um, cause I know no other way.
2: <laughs> right. So,
1: so with that said, I think that there's definitely a crumbling of these structures that have held a lot of people back. Um, you know, if, if it doesn't just stop at Hollywood. Um, and so we're all kind of finding our footing in that respect. And so like, I'm just going to bring you my truth no matter what. Um, and I, I feel really, scene now which is interesting um so i'm just gonna keep going with that because again like that's that's how i want to live but you know in terms of my art and my creativity i i think that a lot of us want genuine material myself included i'm drawn to artists that are are bringing their their soul to the table right and and not because they're 25 and beautiful you know
0: so you feel seen in a <clears throat> in a totally different way than you were seen before
1: maybe it's because I see myself you know I, yes. I don't know I, I'm not sure um, yeah I do I do it because I think that again like you know I'm not a fan of cancel culture and some of the polarizing elements that are coming out with like you know, the Me Too movement, I think there's a lot of really important things happening and truth coming to light and darkness coming to light. But I also think that um, right now we're all kind of shifting and like, it just, you know, the superlative nature of a lot of the things that are happening, I'm really careful with that because, um, I mean, this is a little off the same topic, but, you know, in terms of breaking down that structure, I, I still think that, like, I want to give people the chance to fuck up and get better and say sorry. You know? Yeah, I right. mean, there's some, there's some inexcusable acts that it's like, all right, good riddance. You're a monster. That's different. I think in, in terms of ignorance and growing collectively and, and bringing our best selves to the table, whether it's in Hollywood, whether it's in our own household, uh, we have to be able to be accountable for our mistakes and also be forgiving of others. You know? Right. And like so in this like rebuild of the industry, you know, I think I I'm just excited to see like, oh, you can sell a, a show or a record and it's not because you're signed to this label or because you are friends with so and so. Like you did the work and your work speaks for itself. That's what I like to see right now. It's just great work speaking for itself. And not because you had to you know, hitch your wagon to some big wig that like, they're always going to sell. Do you know
0: what I mean? I do. I do. Yeah. And that's, and that's a whole, again, that's a new way of looking at it. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, and it's a healthy way to look at it. And I, and I like that of what you're saying about, we are imperfect people. We make mistakes all the time. I made three yesterday, but I did, <laughs> you know, I did <laughs> two- only three. Only three. <laughs> yeah. It was a slow week. Suzanne. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> But i mean we we are imperfect, like sometimes you say something to somebody that comes out like you're an asshole and you didn't mean mm-hmm. for it, but maybe you were feeling yeah. shitty that day, so we are imperfect people there there are monstrous things that are disqualifying, sure. um, but for the most part, I like what you're saying that you know we are we are flawed, and those flaws mm-hmm. are also uh what make what make us kind of perfect at the same mm-hmm. time so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an interesting battle that we have with yeah. Are you, Mm -hmm. do you think of yourself as a pretty good friend? Are you someone who's reliable and loyal and you keep your word?
1: I do. Yeah, I do. And, you know, when I mess up and like, I know I mess up, like, I'm like a sincere apologizer. And it's really, um, it's like, when you say, when you really fuck up and you say that you're sorry and you mean it, it's like one of the most beautiful feelings in the
0: world. I agree.
1: Because like one, I'm, I'm not um, like a nefarious person or like calculated. Like if I make a mistake, it's almost always out of ignorance. Like I'm not vindictive. I'm not like on the attack. You know, if I drop the ball, it's probably cause I'm wrapped up in my own shit, you know, and I didn't see someone and they needed me to see them and I'm, you know, I'm sorry I didn't see you. Um, but I have a really small friend circle like and I, and that's something that's changed during covid too of like um uh, just being really diligent about um showing up for myself who i show up for and who shows up for me and like it's it's hard to do that with a lot of people you yeah. know so it's kind of um yeah i'm a i'm a good friend <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have really good friends. I love my friends. I, I am so lucky. Like I can't even. It's it's great. They they're the best.
0: Yeah, my friendships have really like I have people that I literally speak to every day.
1: That's amazing. I have yeah.
0: to, like I have to check yeah. in with my with my friends every day because Beautiful. it's good for me, and it just really yeah. is something that um, it just feels it just feels wrong not to have them in mm. my life, you know. On a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, and be be as vague as you want. But are you better? Because I'm not. But are you better at handling heartbreak, or is that still? I mean, it is such a great creative fuel, <laughs> but in terms, like personal day to day stuff, it's crushing. Is it is it as crushing as it's always been? Are you are have you hardened your heart? <laughs> are you good? Are you good at, at handling it?
1: Oh, no, my heart is like soft and mushy. It's like, you know, it's like if you took a paper towel roll and dumped it in water, it would just, yeah, no, I don't have a hardened <laughs> heart. I, I love so hard when I'm in love, you know, and I, uh, I've definitely matured in the, um, I'm such a fan of therapy and all that stuff. And like, I have like my spirituality, my therapist, my dear friends, my family, like you don't put all your shit in one place, you know? So I think that like when you're grieving when I'm grieving and when I'm healing, I've, I've really, um, harnessed the process and, you know, it's something that I'd love to avoid if I can help it. I'm definitely not a heartbreak addict. I, as we mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm a big fan of a joyful life. Uh, but you know, when things don't work out, they don't work out. And I've, I've definitely gotten better at accepting those things um, and then healing accordingly. Um, and I think that's just, you know, getting older and having done it enough um, and knowing where uh, my energy is best served. And, you know, right now, like, I mean this, like, honest to God, I've never felt this good in my life as a single person. Mm and with all this and I have no idea when love is going to come into my life again I have no idea but I'm so full of it already with just the way I treat myself and with my friends that it's like that's enough for me right now and it's just like an amazing feeling because in the past I've always felt that void but like if anything right now I'm like celebrating this this life and this freedom like you know not to be weird but like the other day I was like sitting at the kitchen table eating leftover chicken in my underwear and I was like this is the best day of my life (laughs) and like I look like I'm it's like I'm gross but like I'm so happy I don't have to answer to anybody I'm not being judged right now right 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 right. it's a good day you know because one day I I will have a partner and maybe even kids and you don't get that luxury you know oh. it's a different you get different luxuries and all kinds of other things but right now like i'm right here and i'm totally cool like i feel i feel so well
0: good. when you if you have kids they're the one eating chicken in their underwear that's 100
1: percent. yeah
0: that's how, that, how that but works. i don't
1: know i might i might defy the rules and it's like all right it's like eat your chicken in your underwear <laughs> tuesday you know we're going
0: to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, my own personal goal is I am not going to do a, a relationship again if I'm picking the same people. That's my yeah. problem. Yeah. 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 Like that, where I go, oh, this one's different. And then I go, oh my God, you're just like the last one. <laughs> the same. Yeah. Yeah. My fucking problem. So my new yeah. thing is, is I, because a relationship, and I think you know this, it's easy to get one. Like if you want to have a relationship, yeah. you can have one. Sure. Yep i i have decided at 50 years old Mm -hmm. i'm either doing it the right way or it's not even worth embarking on because i recognize those people now
1: yeah i i 100 hear you and i just kind of this is my new rule is um i only have room for divine love in my life whether that's through friends or through a romantic partner and i'm not going to chase anybody and like i i have in the past been that like go getter cuz i i see something i really like and i'm i'm just like let me show you how amazing i am <laughs> you know and i and i go after them. and you know the thing is it's like i nobody should have to work that hard and you know i i you know again like i've said like in the past like i i have so much love to give and i want to share it but like it's just different now it's different because um i have an infinite amount of it like we all do and i just at this point am loving being alone so much that again it's like it has to be divine and amazing and 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 the no-brainer right like it's that that knowing part of a, a higher part of ourselves um and the thing is, it's like, you know, I'm in LA. I'm surrounded by beautiful people. Yeah. Um, but like that doesn't, it hasn't for a long time. That really doesn't do anything for me, you know, if it's not backed up by a beautiful soul and, Yeah. yeah, it's harder to find anything. I think sometimes it's harder for really beautiful people to have access to that because they have a different, they have different like free passes, you know? Um, and if anything, I, I guess I, I feel uh, like that would be a, a rough one for some people.
0: Well, because people are always sort of parting the waters for them without even knowing if, if they can even handle a boat, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? it's like, well, let me do this for you. And it's like, they may not be worthy of that being done for them. Um, Look,
1: I think this is like kind of the common thread theme of this conversation is of like doing the work. And, you know, like if you same as if your career blows up overnight and you're 15 you know i think that um if you're not in touch with your spirit of yourself things are gonna fall through the cracks yeah you know
0: yeah constantly mm-hmm. uh, i have enjoyed doing the work with you suzanne said
1: likewise very- what a beautiful ah. conversation I really. Enjoy,
0: yeah. ah. I- I had, a, I had a great chat with ben a couple ben's been on the show a couple of times
1: i heard yeah
0: um, he's he's so great um we have our our fathers have a mutual friend in common we found out
1: no kidding
0: yeah yeah so ben's dad worked with this guy at the book in, in the publishing industry and that guy was one of my dad's best friends
1: oh my god i
0: know, I know. that's so
1: crazy so is your, he very old then obviously that guy
0: He's, I think he's yeah. 143.
1: Yeah, um, that sounds about right. Well, you know, Ben's dad turns
0: 99 next month. Yeah, what Ben said to me, we'll play a game. Guess how old my dad is. I
1: know, he loves that game. Oh my God, I was off <laughs> I by know.
0: 20 years. Um, it's amazing. You no, know, he ben, ben is great. And please say hello to him. I love him. I will, he's I the will. Best. But I yeah. really appreciate you, you doing this with me. I had so much fun chatting with you.
1: Likewise.
0: Yeah, hey, so come back on the show, you. will you?
1: Anytime, let me know.
0: Okay. Thank (laughs) you. Hey, you you be
1: safe out there. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. (laughs) Yeah, Alex. Isn't she great? Just the nicest person. Love her. Uh, we'll have her back. Suzanne Santo, uh, truly one of my favorite people. Um, like an old friend. That's how that conversation felt to me. SuzanneSanto.com is where you need to go to find out all the things that are happening in Suzanne's life. Follow her on Instagram as well. She's a good follow and uh, always, always entertaining. I'm a pretty good follow, too. Not as good as Suzanne, uh, but pretty good. So follow me on Instagram, at Embers Podcast. Follow me uh, on Twitter at at Embers Editor, and you can email me at editor at Stereo Embers Magazine.com. Stereo Embers the Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, leave a nice comment, tell a friend, you know, networking, that kind of thing. It's uh it's the way we're gonna take over the world, one person at a time. Tell your friends, have them tell their friends, have them tell their friends. Make sure they report back to you. It's like pyramid marketing, but no one makes any money. Visit Bombshell Radio at bombshellradio.com and find out what makes our radio station tick. I want to thank you again for listening to this show week in and week out. Not too shabby for our first episode of 2021. Let's close the show with a longer listen to Suzanne Santos' Fall for That with Gary Clark Jr. Enjoy it, and I'll see you next time right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio.